The fourweekmba.com is a leading resource of business insights. Top business schools around the world reference to it as the go-to place for business insights. Now it's podcast. Digital business models will break down for you how tech companies make money, what value propositions they offer, why they are successful, and what they're doing next. From Amazon, Google, Facebook, and many others, the Digital Business Models Podcast will give you the top business education you need to understand the digital business world. Whether you're an entrepreneur, an executive, or wanting to be an entrepreneur, the Digital Business Models Podcast is your go-to place for your business education. For today's session, uh, I have the pleasure of having uh, David Rogers, author, speaker, and consultant. And uh, David is actually the faculty director of the Digital Business Strategy and Leadership at Columbia Business School. Uh, thank you for uh, joining me for this conversation, David. My pleasure to be with you, Jamie. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And David uh, is also the author of, uh, of an amazing book, which is a Digital Tra- Transformation Playbook, which is an incredible reading because it really helps you to understand how the business world uh, has changed. So it would be nice actually to start from, uh, from you. Like, how did you get into uh, digital transformation? Uh, well, I've been teaching uh, at Columbia Business School for many years. I've been at Columbia for almost 20, well, 20 years this year. And um, for most of that time, I've been focusing on you know, the impact of technology in, in markets and business uh, on brands and business models and organizations. So I tend to split my time really between uh, I teach executives because I teach in our executive education programs, as you mentioned, in digital business strategy and digital business leadership. Those are in-person programs, also online programs and senior executive programs that combine them both. Um, when I'm not teaching uh, on campus or in Silicon Valley, I am um, researching and writing books uh, like my latest, The Digital Transformation Playbook. Uh, and the third thing we spend time is speaking, advising, consulting firms uh, around the world and different industries. So the book really came out of that experience and what I saw companies uh, grappling with and struggling with. Um, it was the first you know, major book on the topic of digital transformation. So it's out now in nine languages, some more on the way. We're actually starting work now on a sequel. Um, and uh, it's, it's a, a topic which continues to evolve and deepen in terms of its importance to business. Yeah, thank you for uh, sharing the story. And of course, it's going to be uh, nice to have you also for the sequel uh, in, the, in the coming months. But uh, how, let, let's start from actually the myths. Like, uh, what are some of the myths uh, which surround uh, the digital transformation uh, in, in uh, your experience? Um, you know, there are a lot. I guess a few. I would start with the the number one, which is that digital transformation is a technology issue or a technology problem, uh, and something you address by picking the right uh, technology implementation. Uh, second myth, I think, is that uh, a digital transformation is, a, is a, a project, and I hear this from CEOs. They say, "Okay, I believe in this is important, and we have to we have to evolve." Um, so, how many years is this going to take me? Is this a three-year project or a four-year project? And what's the budget? You know, what should I put aside for this? <laughs> and digital transformation is really about evolving into a different way of operating as a business. So it's not it's not something you run out of the project management office with this sort of three-year timeline. Uh, another myth is that 
uh, a lot of people come to this and think it's simply a matter of digitizing what they've already done. Uh, let's take our existing business that we know well and simply uh, make processes more uh, automated, more digital, uh, add machine management and so forth. And certainly that may be part of what you're doing, but you're missing a lot of the scope of transformation. That's all you think about. I guess the last myth, it depends on who you're talking to. Uh, if you spend time in Silicon Valley or in certain corners, you may get the impression that digital transformation is impossible, uh, that these old companies will never uh, change, that, that they're dinosaurs, and that ultimately only the digital native businesses uh, will survive. Ubers and Googles and Netflixes in the world are, are the only ones who can succeed today. Uh, and I think that's, uh, that's not true. Interesting. And what's then it's, uh, how can we actually define digital transformation? Uh, what's really about? So I define digital transformation really as a question. And that question is, how does a business that started and grew to scale before the internet, how does that kind of business need to adapt in order to grow in the digital age? How does it how does it need to evolve if it's going to reach its next stage of growth in the digital economy? Because every sector, every industry is now being shaped by these successive ways of technologies. Now, one thing about that definition is, I want to underline, it's quite a different question than how do I create a great startup? Uh, in that case, all you're talking about is how do I understand the market, customer needs, changing technologies, new emerging possibilities, and how can I envision or imagine that? a new product or service or offer. Uh, it is a very different question, how do I take an existing enterprise, right? An organization that has certain advantages, right? It has customers, it has a brand reputation, it has no doubt talented employees, it has revenue, uh, but it also has a lot of things that make change very hard. They have organizational charts, they have distribution partners and channels, they have uh, they have a brand reputation that they have to protect. Uh, there are a lot of complicating factors when you're talking about shifting an existing organization. Really, the key thesis of the book uh, is that digital transformation is not about technology, uh, but what it really is and it's hard about is about strategy, uh, leadership, and new ways of thinking. The hardest part is learning to actually reimagine what your business is and what its future will be. Yep. So it's uh, it's really uh, I, I like uh, you know the way you defined it and you know also this is more about the question and is not an end in itself but it actually is a way to understand how to build uh, great companies today. And I think uh, in the book uh, it comes uh, it comes up a, a very interesting uh, topic which is the business strategy world has changed uh, drastically today and uh, so I'd like to know from you, how do you think uh, the business strategy world has changed? Yeah, so this is, this is um, one of the hardest parts I find is that organizations suffer from what you might call strategic blind spots. Uh, they are making decisions and uh, thinking about their business and making plans based on a set of rules and principles and strategy that are based on years or decades of prior experience of their own company or their own organization, based on things that they were taught in business school perhaps several years ago, uh, and that they don't even recognize that this is guiding and shaping uh, their assumptions that they're making. 
And that in fact, a lot of these principles and sort of rules of strategy have changed dramatically uh, in the digital era. So that's where I usually start when I'm speaking, teaching executives or, or working with a company is helping them to step back and learn to think differently about uh, five important domains of business strategy. Yep, and uh, I guess we can uh, dive uh, into those domains because in the book actually you define uh, digital transformation as, uh, as uh, a through actually five domains. Uh, what are those domains? So the first domain is customers and we have to learn to think differently about our relationship to customers uh, whatever kind of business or organization that we're in. And this is fundamentally in the digital era about a shift from customers who we treated as targets uh, customer strategy and marketing was all about uh, identifying, segmenting, and reaching, and, and distributing and messaging to customers. They were, were it was a passive target. And now we do much better to think about customers as networks, understanding the connections between them and us, much more dynamic, much more reciprocal, much more active roles that they can play in shaping, even helping to grow our business. Uh, how do you actually uh, reach and engage these customers in this much more networking world. Uh, the second domain of strategy we have to think differently about is competition. Traditionally, competition is defined by industries. That was the basis of all the classic models of Michael Porter and others. You competed within your industry uh, against companies that look like you. And there's a very clear distinction between your competitors and partners, and you compete created with your products and services. Today, all of those assumptions are outdated. Industry definitions are increasingly blurry and we are competing across uh, and outside of industries. The distinction between who's a partner and a competitor uh, is also blurry as we are competing with our closest partners and partnering with our fiercest competitors. Uh, and in order to succeed, it's really about the value, not necessarily that you create entirely yourself, but about the value that you can assemble or bring together often with an ecosystem or a multi-sided software business model uh, to deliver something unique and valuable to the marketplace. And the third domain is data, which has always been uh, part of businesses. But in the past, data was really something we used to operate, to optimize, to manage our current business. In the digital era, if you uh, treat data effectively, if you capture and bring together data from across your enterprise, and then you can start to even link it with other sorts of data, other sets uh, from outside of your business, and bring in structured and unstructured data. What happens is the data actually becomes a strategic asset, becomes a source of new value creation and competitive advantage. The fourth domain we have to rethink uh, in the digital era is innovation. How do we manage innovation, and specifically the risks of innovation? The traditional model that we taught, the uh, approach that we taught in business schools was you manage the risks of innovation and doing something new by planning. You create detailed business plans explaining everything that's going to happen when you launch this new product or service or business or venture, which you've never done before and no one has ever done in many cases. It was a popular form of business fiction writing. Uh, but what we've learned in the digital era is that innovation demands much greater speed and it demands the ability to manage the risks of doing what has not been done before by managing innovation as a process of experimentation. 
rapid continuous experimentation and learning that iteratively discovers which opportunities will actually uh, be feasible and workable, scalable, and profitable for your business. And the last domain strategy that we have to think differently about in the digital era is value. What is your value proposition? Now, traditionally, your value proposition was defined by your industry. If you were a newspaper business, your value to the world was that you delivered the news on paper. And every week you would get out there and try to execute and do the best job with the smartest reporters and uh, the most talented editors, picking the right stories, et cetera. But today, newspapers have to ask much more fundamental questions. What business am I in? What is the value I deliver uh, to the world? And how can I best deliver it? And that's the kind of fundamental question that every business has to be asking. When you do this, you shift from looking at digital change in the environment uh, from a defensive posture, thinking about how does it impact uh, your existing business model, and instead look at it from a growth mindset and ask, how can I leverage these changes to create new value for the market that wasn't possible before? Great, uh, really, I mean, this is a great uh, way to understand uh, the, the digital business world. And I, I'd, uh, I'd love to focus uh, on one of those domains, which is uh, customers. How uh, have customers, and especially like customers' relationships, changed uh, in, in the digital uh, era? So the fundamental paradigm, as I mentioned before, is that we've implicitly thought of customers as mass markets in the 20th century. Uh, and in a mass market, uh, any business, whether B2B or B2C, succeeded through economies of scale uh, on the firm side. So it was about finding uh, a repeatable model where you have a, a product or service you can sell to as many customers as possible, and you have a consistent message. Up until the 90s, we were teaching in business schools the mantra of integrated marketing communications, always say the same thing to the customer. Every customer has to get the same message across every touch point because otherwise you would somehow confuse them or dilute your, your message. Uh, that's the complete opposite of how marketing works today and is practiced today. Um, so today we understand it's not about economies of scale delivering and pushing out the same message through the same channels to as many people as possible. Uh, it's about looking at customers and the interactions and their dynamic behaviors. This is why I introduced in my prior book the paradigm of thinking of customers as a network, thinking of them as an, each customer or potential customer as a node, and looking at this very dynamic, connected uh, environment that they're in, which is how they learn and discover, purchase, influence others, uh, establish relationships and businesses, create feedback loops, co-create, uh, explore innovation within companies. And so, Businesses still need to be innovating and delivering products and managing their brand and all these things, but they have to do it in a way where they see that relationship to customers as much more reciprocal and where they're thinking about very consciously about how do they influence and shape this activity in the network rather than simply uh, pushing things out to it. Yep, and in the book, actually, you have uh, you uh, simplify for us the process of thinking uh, about the customers by actually. Uh, uh, looking at uh, five uh, core behaviors. Uh, what are those uh, core behaviors and why they matter so much? Sure. So this is based on research done from my prior book, The Network is Your Customer. And what I looked at was hundreds of examples of different digital products, services, 
um, offerings and even marketing campaigns that have been highly successful in terms of attracting and engaging uh, customers deeply and over time in large numbers across all different industries and across really about 15 years or so of the, of the digital era. And what I found was that there were five common behaviors that kept driving uh, when and where customers would uh, bring their attention and their, uh, their energy and their investment and spend their money. The first is we look for digital experiences that help us to access. Uh, that means they give us what we're looking for, a service or product or information, they simply give it to a simpler, quicker, easier, more on-demand, more self-service. And we've seen many businesses from the original breakthrough of the BlackBerry to you know, ride-sharing services like Uber and Lyft that are taking something that people already had but simply making it more accessible. The second behavior is that networks customers should engage with content uh, that is relevant, meaningful to them, whether it's interesting, informative, entertaining. Content has been a huge driver of uh, customer behaviors in the digital world from the very beginning, whether it's blogs and then later streaming, uh, video, social media, photos, now you know, virtual reality and other sorts of content. But this has always been a key driver uh, shaping customers. The third is to customize their experiences. They aren't all looking for the same content, the same information, the same services from companies. We are drawn to uh, digital experiences that give us more choice, more control, more options, more variation, and more personalization. We'll see this from uh, Netflix to Amazon to uh, the filters on your Snapchat profile. Um, the fourth behavior is the customers seek to connect with each other. We are social animals, uh, and it's no surprise that at various stages from email through to the first um, from networks like Friendster and MySpace through to you know today whether it's Facebook and Instagram or WeChat and WhatsApp uh, that digital tools that allow us to connect and communicate with the people we know uh, and share our experiences with them are uh, highly compelling. Uh, the last behavior is sometimes the hardest and most complex to tap into, but sometimes customers want to do more than just connect and express themselves. They actually want to collaborate. And by collaborate, I mean that they are drawn to the chance to work together, contribute in some sense to some kind of shared project uh, or goal. And this can be uh, something that's quite involved, like crowdsourcing the Linux operating system or the, the birth of Wikipedia as an open source information resource, or something as simple as using Waze, where simply by driving the app on, you're helping to feed a data engine, and most of us, as we use it, will not just keep an eye out, but we'll tap the screen to signal to other drivers, cars on the side of the road, police speed trap, or, or foggy weather ahead. Uh, to create the right mechanisms, customers, we are drawn to, we are creatures who have an intrinsic uh, belief in reciprocality and, and we like to be part of something bigger than ourselves if we know how to design and create the right experience. Yep, and uh, in the book actually you highlight that there is a particular uh, business model that seems to be uh, 
pretty much uh, suited for this digital era. What's this business model and how, I mean, what are the key elements of this business model? So I talk in the book uh, in some detail about platform or multi-sided business models. Um, now, there's no single business model that works in every case, but what is interesting is the digital era has supercharged the power of this kind of business model. When it works right, uh, it is able to grow incredibly fast. And indeed, in my own research, looking at companies that have been started since the birth of the World Wide Web, eight of the 10 biggest companies from this, this era, if you will, uh, have a platform business model at their core. Now, what does that mean? A platform business model is one uh, that facilitates it's a business that facilitates an exchange of value between two or more distinct types of customers. Uh, and that can take different forms from marketplaces like Airbnb or Uber or eBay to uh, payment-based uh, transaction systems like a PayPal or a KTM in India, uh, advertising-based uh, business models, whether it's Google search or uh, Facebook's ad platform, uh, and hardware software standards or innovation platforms like the iPhone and iOS or Android. Uh, each of these has these same principles that they are bringing together different parties, different types of customers. They each play a different role and each of them is contributing much of the value. Some of the value comes from the platform business itself. It has to create the right experience. It has to orchestrate. It has to uh, facilitate, make it seamless and easy and, and, and attract people to it. But when you're going on Airbnb or eBay or any of these platforms, most of the services you're consuming or the content you're reading or, or the value you're getting from it is actually coming from some other party uh, through the platform rather than being generated by the business itself. I actually have in the book uh, a tool called the Platform Business Model Map. It's one of several strategic planning tools. And it's uh, the first business model canvas or map that was designed specifically for these kinds of multi-sided businesses, because it really is about understanding this flow of value through and across them. If you're going to understand how do you create, how do you manage, and how do you grow a platform business model. Yep. Thank you for uh, for giving us this uh, this overview. And uh, let's uh, let's close this up. Um, with a uh, with a question that you know for me it's compelling and uh, I think also for for the community which is then uh, what are the key principles to actually understand uh, to actually uh, structure a, a successful uh, digital uh, strategy? So uh, these are some of the key best practices that I've been observing and part of what I'm going to be writing about in the next book. Uh, what makes an effective digital transformation effort one that really has significant impact on the business. One, they are holistic. They're not siloed. They're not just looking at one part of the business, but they're looking at the impact of, of digital across the organization. Uh, two, they are business-led, not led by IT. So they're starting from business strategy, business goals, business needs. That's defining the transformation. Three, uh, they're organized around experiments and strategic bets knowing that you will not know going in at the start what is going to work. They have much of a less emphasis on planning and best practices and, uh, and detailed charts of what's happening for years ahead in the process is than what large organizations are used to. Uh, four, they are driven by a growth mindset. 
they're not simply focused on cutting costs and improving efficiencies, but they're thinking about how do we actually drive new sources of growth for the business. Five, these transformations have a variety of independent projects, activities going on. They're independent but aligned. So not everything is being driven by one sort of central planning committee, and yet there is an oversight. Rather than having sort of scattershot efforts, you have this balance of independence, but also alignment and assessment of priorities and what resources go to the initiatives and efforts that are most strategically important. Uh, Six, these uh, efforts are being run not just inside the traditional business units of the organization, but also with new structures that may go across uh, those business units and bring in outside parties. Seven, that these are organizations that work well with others. They are not trying to do it all themselves. They partner well with an ecosystem of startups and uh, partners in technology and innovation and strategy. And lastly, and this is really critical, uh, these organizations need a management model that can adapt, that can be flexible enough to, to drive both low, uh, to pursue both low and high uncertainty challenges and opportunities. And that requires a very different, much more flexible kind of management than we've traditionally seen in large organizations. And I think that's gonna be one of the most lasting changes uh, of digital transformation across industries. Thank you, thank you, David. And uh, really, the um, transformation playbook is a great read, which I think uh, anyone should uh, read. And, uh, hopefully, we can have a follow-up session on the book. Thank you for uh, joining me for this conversation. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for having me for the interview, and uh, I'll look forward to, uh, to sharing it with others and to uh, to maybe talking next year when the next book is getting ready to launch. Yep. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks very much. You've been listening to the Digital Business Models Podcast, created by 4WeekMBA.com, the leading source of business insights for those wanting to become digital entrepreneurs. Go to 4WeekMBA.com for more top-tier business education.